series called A Summer of Serving. And, uh, and our students are going to be heading to West Virginia, to Clendenin, West Virginia, immediately following this service. Uh, we've got the trailer packed. We've got uh, the vans ready to go. Uh, so we are really excited to, um, to be able to go down there. And we're going to be uh, helping the community down in Clendenin that has been uh, devastated by flooding back in 2016. Uh, there was a massive flood down there. Uh, many people killed, many homes uh, destroyed, and we get the chance to go down there and serve and, and, uh, and, and work with actually two different churches, one from Missouri, one from New York, uh, that we get to, to partner with, uh, with a company called Next Step Ministries. And with our church approaching this really momentous moment that's coming next Sunday, uh, with the potential purchase of our, our new home base, um, to, uh, to talk about our mission, to talk about our purpose, to talk about our reason. Um, I want to talk about that today because I think that's important for us to start there as we're going through this season. Um, but I want to talk about this from a personal level. I want to talk about this on a, on a personal level, meaning you individually, starting, starting with the heart. So I really want to begin with this question. Why are you here? That's your first fill-in if you've got the notes. Um, or if you're following along on the, on the Bible app, feel free to, uh, to pull that up now. But I want to start with the question, why are you here? And when I say, why are you here, there's a couple of ways you can interpret that question. You can look at it from the whole, like, why are you here at church today? Like, why, why did you come today? Why are you in the room? Why did you come this morning? There's also the why are you here, maybe for yourself, in the situation or circumstance that you're at in life. I know talking to, to students and people, I kind of hear that very, very often. A, a circumstance happens in their life, and they're basically just thinking, why, why am I here? Why, why am I in this present circumstance, whether positive, negative? That's one way to ask that question. But there's also the, the bigger question, even bigger than that. Why are you here as a believer, on, like on earth? Like, why, why do you exist? Why are you here? as a Christian, as a follower of Jesus. And these questions, the way to look at these questions, they really all intersect, well, they intersect in various places, but one of the places that they all really do intersect a lot is in the area of serving. This idea of why are you here can really start with the area of serving. And so if we're going to have a summer of serving, I think we need to start with the heart. I think we need to start with ourselves individually. You ever looked around and seen someone or been in a situation where you're looking at somebody and you're like, why are you here? You know what I'm talking about. You're all thinking of something, right? You're driving down the highway and you're in the passing lane and somebody that's in front of you is going 12 and a 65 and you're like, why are you here, bro? Gas pedal's on the right. You know what I mean? You know, there, there's those situations or... You're behind somebody in line at the grocery store and the eight items are less and they roll up with two carts and you've just got milk and bread. And you're like, really? Why are you here? <laughs> Been there. Been there. Or the Kardashians. Why are you here? <laughs> Straight up. Yeah. <laughs> or maybe people that think that, that violence is a solution to anything. What? Why? Why are you here? Or somebody who's got diarrhea of the mouth all over social media thinking that that's actually going to make a difference. I know students can, 
uh, can definitely talk about that one. You know, why, why are you here? Why, you know, we can all think of those different kinds of things, but we've got to start with the heart. Because if that's how we're looking at people, and those things are funny, and we can all think of different kinds of things, and those things, you know, we can, we can chuckle. But let's be honest, if, if we're starting with the heart, and we're starting with ourselves, and we're looking at people like that, I don't know if that's really reflecting Jesus. Let me tell you this story about um, a church that uh, there, there was a lot of people that, that were coming to church that morning, and, and right outside of the front door, there was a homeless guy sitting there, and he was filthy. He had the big old ZZ Top beard that was unkempt, and he, you know, was just what you're thinking, quite honestly. And as people are walking in, they're kind of giving him the, why are you here, kind of look as they're walking through the door. He's got his cup. Now one person stopped, and one person asked him if he was all right. Service starts. Church service starts, and music hits, and everything's going good with the service. Time for the, time for the pastor to get up and preach. He's not there. And down the aisle comes this homeless man, and he jumps up on stage, rips off his fake beard, and takes off his hat, and it's the pastor. And the utter silence that is happening right now is what happened there, because he did that to prove a point. Now, I don't know if that story's true or not. I've heard that in various places, you know, the social media stories and stuff that you hear. But he was, if, when and if that is true, and even if it's not, it really does illustrate an incredible point, which is this, the point he was trying to teach his congregation, which is what we're going to talk about right now, is how do you see people? How do you see people? That's the next fill in there. I want to talk about how we see people this morning, because it's an important part of being a follower of Jesus, especially when it comes to serving if we understand the right way to see people, we can get a better understanding of how we should see ourselves. If we can see people the right way. And that's going to help us answer the question of why are you here? If you have your Bibles, you can turn to Mark chapter 8, the Gospel of Mark. And in the middle of um, that entire chapter are just a few verses of this little story that kind of gets overlooked because it's in between the feeding of the 4,000 which there's a few different feedings in the Bible. We always hear about the feeding of the 5,000, but this is a different one. Feeding of the 4,000, uh, and there were seven baskets left over on this one instead of 12. And then after this story uh, comes the story of Jesus talking to Peter where he says, who do you say that I am? Which, if we're being honest, is one of the most important questions we will ever be asked or answer ourselves. And so there's this story right in between here that you, maybe you've read it, maybe you haven't, and it's a little weird if I'm honest with you. There's a couple of like weird things in it, but I think it's a really important story for us to look and analyze about how we see people. So I'd, I want to go through this together. In Mark chapter 8, verse 22, it says, When they arrived at Bethsaida, some people brought a blind man to Jesus, and they begged him to touch the man and heal him. Jesus took the blind man by the hand and led him out of the village. Then spitting on the man's eyes, he laid his hands on him and asked, Can you see anything now? The man looked around. Yes, he said. I see people, but I can't see them very clearly. They look like trees walking around. Okay, so this guy could see Jesus. He could see the Lord, right? He's right there with Jesus. He could see him. 
But he looks around to see all the other people around him, and he sees him as trees walking around, like a scene out of, you know, a Lord of the Rings movie or something. So the problem here, though, is that he couldn't see people clearly right off the bat. He couldn't see people clearly right off the bat. He was potentially a little confused. But here's an application for us right now. If, if we love God, but we hate our brother because we're not seeing them the right way, then we're missing the point. 1 John chapter 4, verse 20 says, Whoever claims to love God yet hates a brother or sister is a liar. For whoever does not love their brother or sister whom they have seen cannot love God whom they have not seen. It's a pretty straightforward verse. Pretty straightforward verse. Here's the deal. Outcomes are God's responsibility. Obedience is ours. That's your fill-in for here. Obedience is our responsibilities. Too many times, we flip it. We flip it, and we think, if we do this, then God will do that, and we turn God into a genie. And we say, if this, then that. So how do you see people? Do you see people as a stump? Somebody that we trip over, we need to cut out and just grind and get out of our way? Might be a parent that ignored you. It might be a friend that deserted you. Um, might be somebody that just absolutely treats you like dirt, but just keeps coming across in your path. You fill in the blank. How quickly we forget the greatest command, the great command to love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and love your neighbor as yourself. And we only use that part when it's convenient for us, don't we? If we're being honest with ourselves, I think, I think we do. So let me ask you a weird question. What kind of tree are you? Before you say, I am Groot, <laughs> I'm just saying, let's honestly look at this question for a minute, all right? What kind of tree are you? Because I believe the Bible is the inerrant word of God. I don't believe there's anything in there that's a mistake or was just haphazardly thrown in there. I don't think Jesus had this guy see people as trees just because he thought it'd be funny. I think there was a reason behind it. Maybe I'm digging a little deep. I don't think so. But I think it's interesting, and I don't think it's a coincidence. There are about 750 types of trees in North America, about 100,000 in the world, and many of them are endangered. And they really fall all into two categories. Can anybody tell me what the two categories are? I got a bunch of students sitting right up here. What are the two categories? Big and small. <laughs> Big and small. Nope. <laughs> I mean, there is that. but. <laughs> I realize you're all on summer break. I get it. <laughs> Anybody know what they are? Christmas trees. Stop it. No. Okay. There's two categories. Coniferous? Daddy? Deciduous. Yes. Coniferous or deciduous? All right. So they're either an evergreen... They're either evergreen types of, types of trees that they have foliage all the time, persists, remains, is always there, or they're the deciduous kind, where throughout the year they, they shed their leaves at the end of the growing season and they just kind of go dormant for a period of time without any foliage or without anything. Now let's apply that personally for just a minute. What kind of person are you when it comes to this? Do you persist? Do you remain? Do you go dormant and have times of nothing? 
I think we all can associate with both of those in many ways. But what about your faith? What about your faith? Which, which tree maybe represents your faith? Are you wishy-washy? Is it a spiritual maturity issue, potentially? That's a lot of what we're going to be talking about over the summer, with the summer of serving, is that. I challenge you to think about that to yourself. Let's finish this passage in Mark here. Jesus continues in Mark chapter 8, and verse 25. It says, Then Jesus placed his hands on the man's eyes again, and his eyes were opened. His sight was completely restored, and he could see everything clearly. Jesus actually needed to lay his hands on this guy twice. I think that's important. And I'm glad that that happened, because this guy, he was standing face to face with Jesus Christ. I mean, like, breathe that in for a second. And it still took twice. Still took twice for him to see everything clearly. Sometimes we need Jesus to smack us a couple times. Sometimes he needs to spit in our face, like he did with this guy, for us to really see what he's doing. For us to really see clearly. Maybe we should pray for our enemies. I don't know. Seems like something Jesus told us to do. In fact, I know it's something Jesus told us to do. You want to see people clearly? Pray for them. Somebody bugs you, somebody drives you nuts, treats you like dirt? I dare you to pray for them daily. And don't Pray for him like, Lord, I pray that you would just get this person out of my way and that terrible things would happen to them. That's not, that's not the type of prayer we're talking about. Praying for them with the right heart, with the love of Jesus. Will they change? I don't know. Maybe. Maybe not. But you will. Your attitude toward them will. I guarantee it. You pray for somebody with the right heart, the way you see them, the way you react, the way you treat them, that will change. I know what's happened for me. I don't always react the best. I don't always have the greatest reaction to people. But boy, if my heart's in the right place, if I'm praying for people, if that person that's driving you nuts, pray for them. Are we going to be able to love people perfectly? Nope. We're not perfect. We're not even close. But maybe showing love to the unlovely is why you are here. Because that can change the world. Showing love to the unlovely, that can change the world. That's in many ways what our mission trip is about that we're leaving for in an hour. So, my connection point for all of you for this morning, it's kind of twofold. But it begins again where I, it, I guess it, it starts where I, where I began, which is why are you here? And I hope you have a different perspective of that question right now. Why are you here? We are here to love God, love people, and change the world in that order. That was not a slogan that was just made up flippantly because it rolls off the tongue. It was put in that order for a reason because that's the proper hierarchy of how we should be a follower of Jesus and how we should be a follower of God. We need to love God. We need to love people and that in turn will change the world. That last one doesn't happen without the first two. The best way to do that 
All of that to say this is by serving. Is by serving other people. That is why we're here. That is what this summer will be all about. But it starts with the heart. It starts individually with you and with me. So I want to challenge you with this last statement is this, that you are never more like Jesus than when you are serving other people. He came to serve. And if we are followers of Christ, then we need to serve. We need to serve other people in whatever circumstance that looks like. One of the biggest things people struggle with, just people in general, is purpose in life and with acceptance. Know this, people. You are here for a reason. Every single one of you in this room, you are here. Why are you here this morning? You're here for a reason. But you're also here on earth as a follower of Jesus for a reason, not to just exist, but to reach people and to be Jesus ambassadors as we go out. You are loved, and we all need to grow and grow closer to God, and there are people all around you that need to know that as well. And the best way to do that is to serve them, but we need to see them properly if we're going to. So have you allowed Jesus to show you? Have you allowed Jesus to open your eyes? Have you allowed him to, to, to show you exactly how, these, how the people that he's put in your life, the divine appointments that are all around you every day, how you should be viewing them? Because viewing them with your own eyes doesn't work very often. We need to see them. We need to see people through Jesus' eyes. You know, if someone didn't care about you, everybody in this room right now, if somebody didn't care about you, you wouldn't be here. If somebody had not decided to see you as a stump, somebody to trip over, you wouldn't be here. You wouldn't be a follower of Jesus. You wouldn't be here, myself included. Maybe, maybe you're not. Maybe you, you just realize that somebody did care about you enough to bring you here today. Know that you are loved. You are accepted just the way that you are by the King of kings and the Lord of lords and by every one of us in here. Because this is a place that you can come just as you are. And all of us need maybe Jesus to talk to us and touch us a couple of times for us to get our vision a little more godly as we move forward and be able to serve. His grace is enough, was enough for him to see you as worth it. And he would have died just for you. If it was only you, he still would have gone to the cross. And we need to see others with the same grace that God showed us as well. If everybody could bow your head, close your eyes. I want to pray. And I want to wrap this up. But if you're here and, and you're not 100% sure that you're going to heaven, you've, you've maybe never made that commitment, you've never taken that moment, you've heard, maybe you've heard it a bunch of times, and it just hasn't clicked until today. Know that God loves you, God created you to be with him, and it's only our sin that separates us from him. It's only our sin, and our sins can't be removed by, by the good things that we do. And it's because of the price that Jesus paid for you and for me on the cross 
that we can have eternal life. And that eternal life can start right now, right now, and it lasts forever, and it's for everyone, anyone and everyone who puts their full faith and trust in Jesus. And if you've never made that commitment, if you've never done that before, if, you've, if, if maybe you still have more questions about that, I would love to talk to you. Anybody in the blue shirts going on the mission trip would love to talk to you. I would love to delay those vans leaving so that we could pray with somebody to know that heaven is their home. What a great way to start a missions trip. And for the rest of us, I pray that we all take this challenge about why we are here and about how we see people. And we take that seriously as we move forward into this season and this summer of serving. I'm so excited to see what God's going to do. Jesus, I love you, Lord, and I thank you, God, for each and every person here. And I thank you for the way that you see us. I thank you that you don't take time off. I thank you that... Uh, that you're, you're the, the constant evergreen, Lord, that you are always there. You never change and you never will. Lord, that you love us exactly as we are. Lord, that you, you came and you died and you rose again and you're coming back for us one day. And God, help us all to be ambassadors. Help us all to be witnesses, as you say in Acts 1-8, to everybody around us as we go out. Lord, help us to serve in Jesus' name. And Lord, I pray for maybe the one that is here that, that isn't isn't totally sure that they're going to be with you in heaven. Lord, I pray that they wouldn't walk out of these doors today without getting that right. We love you in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening today. We hope your heart was inspired. For more information or directions, visit us at abt316.com.